Uh, this morning, um, I'm going to talk about living water. I'm going to talk about water and what, uh, how we need water to survive. How we need water to, to live. I love this time of year. I do when things start to green up. The streams start flowing. It used to be one of the first signs of spring years ago when I was in business. I traveled this road a whole bunch. And you'd be coming out of February and you're waiting, waiting on spring to get here. And all of a sudden these streams around here fill up right in front of, uh, right in front of Sandy's house. Actually, that stream right there in that green bank, that was one of the, my signs of spring is here. Life is happening. Man, there's power in water. There's power, there's life in water. And also, as I'm coming across the bridge, I see the lake filling up. And you look out there now, there's not many folks on the lake. You don't see much going on, but here in just a few months, when it's full, you're going to see people fishing, playing, and all kinds of things going on. Water is so important to our daily lives. We have to have it. To live, we have to consume water. We have to. Matter of fact, when scientists are looking for signs of life on, in, in different places, the first thing they look for are signs that water has been there or that water is there. I mean, water is so important. This morning, we're going to focus more on living water. And last night, I was working on a little faucet issue at my house. And... Um, I thought the water was turned off. And I pulled, I'm replacing a little cartridge in, in a faucet, and I, and I pulled it out, and all of a sudden I get hit in the face. My hair is wet, and the ceiling gets soaked. Oh, there was power in that. It made me say a couple of things. I said, doggone it, I'm wet. I'm glad my cats weren't in there. They would have really gotten mad. But water is powerful. We need water. We need water cleanses. Water uh, sustains us. But again, this morning, I'm going to talk more about living water. Something that's more important eternally. Living water. And I want to begin, I'm going to read the whole account of the woman at the well. I'm going to read the first 42 verses of the fourth chapter of John. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard, Jesus is making and baptizing more disciples than John. Although it was not Jesus himself, but the disciples who baptized. He left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jake, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by the, his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. 
The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews did not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But those who drink of the water that I will give will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right, saying, I have no husband. You have had five husbands, and the one you're, you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors, ancestors worshipped this mountain, on this mountain, but you but you're say this, the place where you worship must be in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what are you doing? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do with the will of him who sent me, and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For, there, for here he is saying holds true, one sows, the other reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from the city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. 
he told me everything I'd ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, thank you so much for, for living water, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be here to worship you, Lord. And I just pray that as we study this scripture, Lord, that your words flow through me. Lord, that each person here and each person listening online receives the message that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Living water. Living water. See, things don't always go like we plan. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. But in this journey of life, sometimes things get thrown at us. We're not expecting. Sometimes it could be good things. Sometimes um, inconveniences. Sometimes things just totally change our direction. This morning, I want to talk about what happened to the woman at the well. What happened at the, to the woman at the well? How she was changed by one encounter with a Savior. You see, when you look closely at verse 4, the first thing I noticed, it said Jesus had to go through Samaria. He had to. He said the word had is very powerful too. He had to go through Samaria. Samaritans and Jews didn't get along. They didn't have a whole lot in common. They did not get along. So he had to go through there. In reality, most people who were Jews that traveled that road went around Samaria. So I really believe he chose to go through Samaria. I think he knew about, I know he knew about this meeting he was going to have with this woman at the well. And he chose to go through it. I think that's why he sent his disciples off. Because they wouldn't have understood there's no way for them to have understood Jesus talking to a Samaritan woman. So he sent them for food, and he had this encounter with this lady. You see, he actually had a conversation. Number one, with a woman. In the middle of the day. You see, women didn't have much of a place in society then. So, but he had a conversation in the middle of the day, and I think she was probably there in the middle of the day at noon because she had a troubled past. She probably didn't want to see a lot of people. So she came when it was hot. Most people came early in the morning or late in the evening. She came in the middle of the day so she wouldn't have to have a conversation with anybody. You ever felt like that? Like you want to go somewhere, but you really don't want to talk to anybody, so I'm going to go at this time because it's not going to be busy. It's not going to be crowded. I won't have to look anybody in the eye. I don't want to have to talk to anybody. I really believe that's the way the woman at the well felt this day. And then, another strike against this conversation was that she was not married. So Jesus is having a conversation with a woman who was a Samaritan, who was not married in the middle of the day. Wow. Of course, 
She told Jesus she wasn't married. And Jesus said, I know. You've been married a few times, and, 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 and the one you're with now is not your husband. Wow. If that's not the third strike, I don't know what is. And she asked Jesus why he would want to talk to her. And Jesus offered her living water. She was coming to draw water out of the well, and he offers her living water. Living water. You see, he used spiritual things to overshadow their physical differences. He used spiritual things to find common ground instead of seeing differences. Instead of seeing Samaritans. He saw... He saw common things that she needed along with every other person you ever see in your eyes. Everybody here needs living water. Everybody here needs to have a conversation with Jesus. We need spiritual things. Too often we look to, to fix our physical circumstance. Or excuse me, we look to fix our spiritual condition with physical remedies. It doesn't work. You cannot fill the part of your body that's craving living water with anything physical. It can't be of anything in this world. The only thing that will quench that thirst is living water. You see, he talked to a Samaritan woman. A Samaritan woman who had not lived a wonderful life. Again, he looked past he looked into her eyes and looked past her past. He looked into her eyes and saw a soul of a woman who needed to be saved. Yeah. See, Jesus does the same thing for us now. We don't deserve this living water that he's talking about. But he looks into her eyes and he says, I love you. I know where you've been. I don't care. I love you anyway. And he offers us this living water just like he offered the woman at the well this day. You see, we're just like the woman at the well. We're just like that Samaritan woman. We're not good enough to talk to Jesus. We're not. But because he loves us and because of his grace and his mercy, we have the ability to talk to the Savior of the world. You see, we're not a lot different than the, uh, than the Samaritan woman. Our sins may be different, but we still have sin in our life. We're not good enough to be in His presence. But by His grace, we're able to have a personal relationship with Him. You see, the story goes on to say that the woman went back into town and shared her testimony. The woman went back into the town and shared her testimony. Matter of fact, she left her water jar behind. She had forgotten what she had gone there for because she had received living water. And she went back to town to share her testimony. You see, she had what I call a but now experience. You've heard me refer to that before. She was a sinful woman who was living 
a life that was not worthy. And then, but now, she's met Jesus. But now, he's offered her that living water. But now, she's accepted that living water. Now, she's gone back to share her testimony. She says, come see the man that knows everything I've ever done. Come see the man. Come see the man that loves me no matter what I've done. You see, the woman forgot all about her shortcomings and went to get others in a relationship with Jesus. She wanted to share what she had experienced at the well that day. You see, she had experienced living water. And she wanted to introduce Jesus to everybody else. She was no longer selfish just thinking of herself or her own desires. But now she had just met Jesus. And she had already forgotten about her selfish ways. This morning, we all have things in our life that we're not proud of. We all struggle with certain things. But I'm telling you this morning, if Jesus can use the woman at the well, she, he can definitely use you. Jesus looks past our shortcomings. She look, he looks past the things in our life that we're not proud of. And he shares that living water with us. He looks us in the eye and says, I love you. I want you to have my grace. I want you to have this living water. And he doesn't stop there. He wants to use us for his kingdom. You see, Matthew 28, Jesus gives us the great commission. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, we're all supposed to make disciples. We're all supposed to tell people about the living water that's available through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and the thing about it is we can't do it from right here in this spot. We've got to go out. We talk about missions and we talk about uh, taking care of the needs of our neighbors. We do that. We love to do that. We are a church that loves to give. We are a church that loves to support our community and to help others. It's what we're called to do. And while we're doing it, we need to be introducing them to the relationship that's available, the life that's available through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to be telling them about this living water. Again, Jesus used a sinful woman to go to a village to convert everybody there. Now, they did come have to see for themselves. And when they got back, they did say that, hey, we believe now not because of what you told us, but because we've seen him. We've experienced him ourselves. You see, this relationship with Jesus is a personal relationship. We can, I can tell you and I can tell other people all day long about how great God is, how wonderful it is to have a relationship with Jesus, and how wonderful this living water that allows us to do things that we can't imagine is. But unless... 
people experience them themselves, it doesn't have the same effect. It doesn't have the same effect. We should be excited to tell people about our Lord and Savior. We should be excited to tell everybody we meet. Some of the people we meet may not look like us. They may not act like us. They may not sin like us. They may have many, many, many differences. But I can tell you, Jesus looks past those differences. Can you? Can you offer the living water that's only available through Jesus Christ? You see, too often we want to manage our lives instead of let God lead us. We want to be in control of everything. We want to go to the well at noon so we can do it exactly the way we want to do it and we can get back home before anybody sees us. We want our lives to be exactly what we plan. And sometimes God has something better in mind. You see, we're called to be missionaries, not managers. We're all missionaries. Where's your mission field? It could be at the grocery store. It could be at the co-op. It could be at Indian Creek Market. It could be anywhere. You're going to see somebody. No matter where you go, you're going to see people who need living water. And in that scripture, in Matthew 28, Jesus is telling us that that's our job. That's what we're called to do. But sometimes, again, we're so selfish, we get caught up in the things that we want that we forget that it's not all about me. It's about Jesus. And when we finally see, when we finally see and we receive this living water, we should be so filled up with the Spirit that we can't help but to tell others about Him. You see, we need to stop looking for differences and find common ground. We need to stop looking at physical differences and find spiritual solutions for our lives. You see, none of us are good enough for Jesus' grace. But praise the Lord, we don't have to be good enough. He gives it to us. And once we've experienced it, again, we should be, we, when we had that but now experience, we shouldn't be selfish anymore. We should be looking to do His will. We should run back into our village and tell people about who we just met. To be like Jesus, which is our goal after we accept that relationship with Him, our goal is to be like Jesus. And to be like Jesus, we need to go to places that we may not be welcomed. We need to go to places that there may be folks that don't look and act just like us. But you see, everybody needs the good news. This morning I want to ask you, have you experienced this living water? Have you met Jesus? Have you had that but now experience? I know you've heard about it, but have you experienced it? Have you had that experience? If you hadn't, this morning is a good, good, perfect time to accept His grace and accept His living water that will sustain us for eternity. 
Again, the water that I'm talking to you about is not for a physical need. It's for a spiritual need. It's not for temporary satisfaction. It's for eternal satisfaction. That's the water that's written about in this, in this uh, scripture. Have you experienced this living water? Again, I pray this morning, if you haven't, that you come to that knowing, loving relationship with Jesus Christ this morning. Whether you're here or you're listening online, I just pray that you fall on your knees and you ask the Savior for the living water that you just heard about. And remember, it's not all about me. It's not about you. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all you do in our lives, Lord. Thank you for, um, for meeting us. Meeting us at our need, Lord. And thank you for giving us more than we deserve. Lord, thank you for the living water. That when we consume that living water, that it lasts for an eternity. Lord, help us be your people. The ones who are sent to go spread the message. Lord, help us spread the message of this good news to everybody we meet. In Jesus' name, amen.